Kelsey Community Church in City Temple. You can be part of the whole thing via Zoom by dropping us an email, or you can come and visit us in person. Today, I am very, very happy that uh, Marcos Ravello is going to be bringing the word of the Lord to us. Over to you, Marcos. Amen. Um, I want you to open your Bibles or follow us on the screen above. And we're going to be reading from Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 to 19, and Isaiah chapter 40, verses 1 to 5. For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory he may grant you to be strengthened with power through the, his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be strengthened to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Isaiah chapter 40, verses 1 to 5. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice cries in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up and every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level and the rough places a plain and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. May we be blessed at the reading of God's holy word. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you today. We thank you that we are here together on Christmas, your church, and we're grateful, Lord, for your advent, your coming, Lord. And we know that you are to come again, Lord, and will come in, in glory and power and majesty to, to bring salvation and justice to all, Lord. And Father, as we wait, Lord, Father, we pray, we lift you up, and we glorify you and praise you as your people, Lord. Speak to us, and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, the Christmas story. It's, uh, you know, this is the day to kind of... Uh, share a little bit on, on the Christmas story, isn't it? We've, um, we've been looking at it a little bit every week, but I'm sure, uh, you know, we, in one way or another, you've kind of had the story as a child, uh, grew up in school hearing the stories, but I also like how um, sometimes we see these stories also in media, in, in, in you know, Hollywood and the films, and even in books. Um, this, you know, this is the season to kind of do the, the Christmas movie, isn't it? I mean, there's, I think everyone has kind of their favorite ones, um, I, you know, there's the, I think it's the Grinch that stole Christmas. I said one of the kids, there's a, a few other ones. Uh, it's a Wonderful Life, I think that's another one. Uh, my personal favorite is the Scrooge, you know, a Christmas uh, story. You know? that, that's, uh, I like, well, there's, a, there's so many different in, uh, types of this story, isn't there? There is the Muppet Christmas Carol, there's the Disney Mickey Mouse Christmas Carol, there is the uh, Bill Murray, I think, has one, there's the Jim Carrey also has another one, and so forth. So I think it's the, one of the films that's most been done in black and white musicals. It's, you know, that story continuously. And it's, it's something about it that kind of calls, you know, people love to share this kind of story. This it has kind of a redemption in it, hasn't it? A little kind of stale that a man who is bitter, angry, uh, selfish and greedy, who um, hates Christmas, has this uh, spiritual encounter. He has a ghost of the past, the present and the future appear to him and kind of uh, really rebuke him for his life and then he has this whole change he sees that he's heading towards hell but he knows he needs to change his ways and so you know the kind of the story ends I think 
you know, we all know this story in one shape or another. You know, a destiny of a person's changed by, by this kind of, this encounter he has. You know, his life, he finds hope. But, you know, how, does real, how do real lives and real destinies change? How do, you know, how do real stories have this moment of encounter with God? And for me, it really has to do with prayer. It really has to do with that prayer that God gives us, a prayer, a, a gift that we can give to each other and to God, a gift of, of prayer. And I really believe that's one of the things that really causes a change and, and brings us into this encounter. And I was meditating about this. I know it's the Christmas season. I know we, you know, you usually get the texts on, on, on the birth, the manger, and, you know, him entering the world. But I really felt the Lord kind of say, share this. And so it's one of those things that when, when you look at Scripture, it's, it's that you see Jesus with his disciples. And one of the questions that, you know, he gets from his disciples is, Lord, teach us to pray. They didn't ask for many other things. But they did ask one of these, one of those things. I mean, they asked for faith like, occasionally, but one of the things they really wanted to kind of learn from him was to pray. And I think we should always be that, have that humble attitude and say, Lord, we also want to be, uh, Lord, always keep our hearts that we want to ask you, Lord, teach us also how to pray. We pray to the Father in the name of, the, uh, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and in the power of the Holy Spirit. And here in the first text that we just read, we see, you know, it's a prayer for the church. In that, in that letter, there's lots of little prayers, but this one I want to focus on because I really feel that the God uh, said something here for us today to take in, into heart, to pray for the church. When we could pray for the church locally and globally, God has chosen to work through prayer and through his church, and God works uh, through churches that pray. I really like that when, we, when we're praying, it is a humble uh, attitude. It isn't, isn't it something that we... We we're asking and saying to the Lord, let your will be done. Something to come in here and do something what you only can do. And we ask him. We ask, we seek, and we knock, and we're interceding for things for God. Here in this text, the apostle starts to pray for his church. He prays for the Ephesians. He says, there's these things I want you. He says, I, I kneel before the Lord of heaven, the God of the Father, and I pray for you as a church. And I want you to grow into certain things. I think in the year that we've had, there's so many things that has happened. And it's, I am grateful for all the prayers that we've had over the year, all the prayers that we've done together uh, here in, in church, but also in, in our private times and also in, in our cohort uh, times of prayer. It, it is wonderful to have private prayer, but also church together in prayer. Prayer always has that fusion of, of faith as well. I like that, that when we come to prayer, there's a mix of faith. We, you know, there's, a, there's a fusion of faith and hope and love and, and gratitude. And we come to God the Father in faith. We come to Him and we speak to Him, crying out with our hearts in faith, knowing that He hears our, our pleas, He hears our, our, our intercession. But we also listen with faith. We listen to Him because we know He speaks to us as His children. And there's that partner. We, we, we even wait in faith in seasons of unanswered prayer. I think that's one of the hardest times of, of our prayer walk, the unanswered seasons of prayer. And even in this year, there's some things that we've seen that still we're waiting for the Lord to do. Whether it could be your family, a personal situation, or, or even as a church, we're praying for things for God to do. And I'm, I'm grateful that I've been able to see a, a portion of the life of City Temple where I've come in a really good time where the, the change of the building and, and seeing how God has answered that prayer and still answering that prayer and see the miracle that uh, even though we've been relatively a small community compared to many other churches, God has done a powerful thing in, in what he's doing right now with the building. And even being here in, in, in Chelsea Church. And I might share a little bit more further on that. But the seasons of unanswered prayer are times where faith is being soaked in prayer. And I like that times. Those are the times where I think 
when you see someone come to to the Lord, when you see a new person receiving Jesus as their Lord and Savior, they're walking in their first walk with the Lord, they're so passionate about all the things, that first love. And you also see them like when they do their prayers, when they, when they get answers to prayer, they see like, wow, you know, Pastor Rod, I, I prayed this week and God answered the prayer. And you're thinking, you know, yeah, that's great. But you also know as a pastor that there's going to be that season where they need to mature, where there's going to be that season of unanswered prayer, where they're going to have to learn to trust God even when the thing doesn't happen, where, even when they're praying for something and it doesn't occur. As a church, we grow in prayer. Churches are built when God's people pray. And the church is God's idea. We, you know, he is the one who takes the broken people and brings them together to reveal his glory to the world. God brings his church to our community to reveal his glory to them. He brings the church here. And I'm uh, here to our, right now where we stand, the influences that God is beginning to open to us to, to begin to pray into. The hospitals, the schools, the secondaries, the colleges, the, 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 the community, the world's end, which isn't some kind of metaphorical you know, <laughs> apocalyptic place. It's actually in a state here at the end. It's very well known, actually. When I, when I share with some of my friends, I said Edith Grove and World's End, they instantly, oh, I know World's End. I know that estate. I used to, where well, they have connections or friends and stuff there. So it's an estate, but we have that now. With prayer, we can begin to that. And I, I know, you know, there's things that God does with the big church, sometimes with the, the, the we've seen the global uh, days of prayer. We've seen national days of breakfast of prayer in, in Parliament. But also sometimes it's those small prayers that God uses as well in primary schools, places where you don't realize things are happening, or in churches, walking into, uh, with some of the, recently with the kids, they, they do prayers in a, a local church around the neighborhood, and how they pray and sing all the Christian Christmas carols, and the word of God being spoken and, and being lifted up. In, old, in, uh, in homes, in places where people are, uh, are in retirement homes. Here in this, in this scripture, Again, there was this part where it says about being rooted and established in love. And God has shown us in Christ, his life and death, his resurrection, how he has given love to all mankind, to all of those who he has created. The Christian love always finds its source in God's love. It's rooted there. When we look at the roots of a, of a plant or a tree, and I want you to imagine for a moment the roots of a plant and a tree, they, they, the plant takes up the water and the nutrients from those roots. It feeds itself. But those roots also have a purpose to keep it anchored and steady and safe in that soil, in that ground that it is put into. It's interesting, isn't it, that that kind of image there, that we are to be nourished and anchored into God's love as we pray. That the roots of a tree, like the roots of a tree, that plant, that keep it anchored, making it hard to be removed. The deeper it goes, the harder it is to be uprooted. And in the same way, as we deepen our walk with the Lord, as we deepen our time in prayer, our roots growing into his love, that truth revealed in his word, it's the harder it will be for us to be uprooted. The harder it will be for us to be taken. You know, we will not be shaken easily. He emphasizes in, in, in his prayer the love to be revealed again to his church here in that text. That the church demonstrates the love in and outside the four walls. A love experienced personally, but also corporately in our church and in our community. Another thing he says there, that they may have power. And what, what, what this power for? Why, do we, why does he pray for them to have power? Why does he pray for them to, to be filled with God? And prayer brings God's power into our situations. To live for Christ in this world, we need his power. We need power to love. We need power to forgive. We need power to speak. And even sometimes power to hold our tongue and not speak. 
Sometimes we need God to ask the Lord to give us strength in there. Power to discern, to do his will, his way. We need his power. And this makes me think a little bit, you know, how, how Jesus fully is God, fully man, incarnate. We've been celebrating that in this Advent. How he came and was born in flesh and blood. But also, and it says this part in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 8, that although he was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered. To only do the will of God the Father was Jesus' food. And many were sick. Can you imagine? Many were sick around him. Many had problems. Many had uh, difficulties that he, in his divinity, could instantly resolve. But yet he had the power to submit to God the Father's will. And sometimes even to restrain himself from doing maybe something that wasn't in God's will, even though it may have been a good thing. And that's a deep thing to think about. I, I think that's one of those things I kind of wrestle thinking, God, you're fully God, you're fully man, you're, you're able to do all things, you reign in heaven, and yet we can pray, and sometimes you choose not to, but yet you still have power, and still your church has power. And we have to have that faith, and that hope, that he will do his will, and it, all things will work together for his good and for his glory and his time. We need power to love one another, to love our neighbors, to love those around us. Power to stand for truth in love. And truth must be clear in us and be demonstrated in love. And I was thinking about this. For instance, we believe in being, in, in, that life begins in the womb. And that life has value and worth. And how it's becoming more challenging to speak that truth and to stand in love in a world that is hostile to that truth. We believe God created men and women and he has defined gender. And now, even more, it's become stranger and weirder. I, for us to, as a church, we believe what God has said in his, in his word. And, and, and that you know, he has created them. And he has defined them. And all men will give an account to God for this. The world changes and we need power to speak that truth. We need that ability that God has, that wisdom and grace and love to stand there and say what God says. His word never changes. People of prayer are people of power. There's a man called George Mueller. I don't know if any of you have heard of him. He's a German immigrant missionary who worked with the British orphans in the 1800s. He was um, born in 1805 and died in 1895. He, saw, he, 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 he was a, a man who overlooked and took care of many orphans and many people that were homeless. He had a grace for this. He fed thousands. He preached the gospel nationally and internationally. He was uh, unable to, uh, uh, had a gift to collecting funds without really pushing or um, encouraging or motivating. No telethons, no call outs, no emails, no letters. But yet the Lord gave him thousands of resources to build and do things for the glory of God, to print Bibles, to share the gospel. Charles Dickens said of him, heard a rumor that the children in Muller's care were starving. So he went to Ashley down to see it for himself. He was impressed with the good care, the quality, the food, and, the, and all of the work that George Muller was doing, that he wrote an, an article in his time, The Household Words, it was called, in the newspaper in November 19, in, in, sorry, in 1857, all about the work that George Muller was doing. Even the British newspaper, the Daily Telegraph, would talk about Muller and say uh, that George Muller had robbed the cruel streets of thousands of victims and the jails of thousands of felons, and the workhouses of thousands of helpless people. When you ask, when people, when you look at his biography, one of the great things that you see in George Muller was he was a man of prayer, consistently. And then he would pray. When they would say to him, um, Brother Muller or, or Father Muller, we, we have no food for the, for the orphans. 
he would go to pray. And many times, miraculously, he would say people would bring in the resources, the food that the children needed in the home. He was a man of prayer and power who changed his world. And the church will have power to stand for truth in the marketplace when the church also kneels in prayer in the secret place. I think that's something, I think that's a quote from Will, if I'm not wrong. There is another one. He said, I live in the spirit of prayer. I pray as I walk. And when I lie down and when I rise, I know that the answer will always come. He was a man of prayer. He understood this. Scripture also says here that we should comp comprehend with all the saints. In prayer, for the love to be revealed in his church. The world cannot truly comprehend the depth of God's love. It has belittled the word love. We say things like, I love food. I love music, I love my football team, I love this, I love that. I fall in love, I fall out of love. Music kind of changes, that love is this and love is that. And in a world where image is everything and truth is being lost, even love has lost its true meaning to them. But God is love, and he has chosen how it should be defined, how it should be demonstrated. True love doesn't sin, it's not selfish, it doesn't manipulate, it doesn't deceive. Love not just grasps with our hearts here, but also with our minds. He wanted them as a, as a community of church to, to understand and comprehend the love of God together. And we can, we can understand the love of God as a church uh, when we hear and listen to each other, when we share our stories, our testimonies, when we, even though we're imperfect and sometimes flawed, but by His grace, we see that God's love working through us. God's love healing, restoring marriages, bringing back prodigal sons and daughters, healing, doing supernatural, wondrous things, opening doors that no one could do, testimonies of provision where God has provided some way in, and supernaturally. See, that's the way with God we begin to comprehend his love together, seeing it. And I, I'm, a, I'm a great believer of, of sharing the testimony. I'm a great believer that hearing our stories is important to grow our faith, important to encourage our prayers. It's, it's always great to hear when something... I know... And then I'm not going to believe that anyway takes away the glory from God when we share what God has been doing. If anything, it brings more glory to Him. I believe when I hear something from someone else, I say, God, if you did it with them, you could do it with me. You could do it for others. That's one of the ways that God kind of encouraged us to pray for people to get healed. Sinners are made saints. Lives are redeemed. And the love of God is seen in action, transforming lives for His glory. Look and listen to the church. Look at the community of believers. Listen to the stories. And you will see his love in action in our volunteers, in those giving, in those serving, forgiving, even, even in moments of correction in the church. We can see the love of God, his hand, even in those moments. When I look to, into his church, I want to comprehend with my brothers and sisters the love of God that is currently working through us. And there is something happening. Something is changing and shaping us as a community, as a church. Hearing prayers answered. Strength in times of trials and turmoil. To understand and grow together because prayer is shaping us. And this part where he says that it surpasses all knowledge. Where we have been rooted in his love. He has given us his faith together. Where we share our testimonies. Are saying, and all of this surpasses all the knowledge of God. Here at City Temple and Chelsea Community Church. We see what God has been doing great things. This church, from, from, for those of you who don't know maybe the story fully well. Uh, there was just David Mansfield and you know, the building as an elder. There was no one coming in. And the Lord is, you know, we didn't know. As a church, we were praying. Were we going to go this way or that way? Were we going to go, you know, where, where do you want us, Lord? And to see how through prayer he placed us here. And God is to do great things. And 
I mean, just it's been it just have been a really, a, a, a really an interesting year, a really blessed year. And I think there's going to be a time when people will look at this and say, something's happened in this place. God is with them, and God can only do this, and God will get all the glory. So many, many things in charity today, you know, the good deeds and actions that people do, you know, it brings glory to men. It's about them strength, believing in their strength and in their power. They receive applause from their peers and people in general, but that's all their reward. But our soul, our hearts as a church, seeks the applause from heaven. We want to hear God say, well done. And to do that, we need to pray and say, Lord, let your will be done here in our community. For God to be glorified, that he has worked through us, his people in love, in power and unity in his church. In this small portion of the text that we read, the apostle doesn't pray for numerical growth. He doesn't ask, Lord, we want to grow this church. We want to make it big. We want to make it large. He doesn't mention that. And those things are good. It's good to pray for those things. I don't think there's anything wrong. But I like it that he doesn't emphasize that. He doesn't make it his, his main point. If anything, in his key in his prayer, he's praying for them, for them for, in their unity, in their to love to grow deep, to be rooted in Christ, to demonstrate it together as a church and community, to become in the fullness of Christ, to grow into the, all that Christ has called them to be, to be a healthy church. That's the key that was here in this. And much of church growth today gives glory to strategies and systems and people and men. And, and, and if you compare it to revivals and, and moves of outpouring and awakenings, those things bring glory to God. God could only do this would be the same, sometimes what people would say. You know, they, they would look at the preacher and say, really, you? God used you to make this whole, this, this movement or this, and it's because God uses, that, that scripture I think is in Corinthians, you know, the, 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 the things that the world rejects, the, the people that no one recognizes and knows, no one thinks about, God uses to dumbfound, to, to confuse the world. All that the apostle here is saying is, I want the church to continue growing. I want the church to continue to, to, to be filled and continue to pray. We prayed and prayed. And one day maybe people will say, what has God done with City Temple? How does happen here? What has God done with Chelsea Community Church? And we can say, we prayed and we prayed. And God gave us a gift of prayer and we saw things happen. And God added daily those who needed to be saved. The, the Apostle Paul prays for unity in the church. Healthy churches seek him together in prayer. As I close, and I want to look at that text in Isaiah, I really believe that there's something there that I, I felt the Lord speak to, to us here in Chelsea Community Church. And those words to resound, that kind of a prophetic utterance. Yes, Christ has come. We celebrate that he is born again. He is risen also. We, we celebrate that he came to earth. He became like us. He shared in our, in our humanity. And in, in that humility, he was also lifted up on the cross. He died and rose again. That we could, he would take our shame, our guilt, and our sin. And we could speak these words of comfort to the people of God. To speak to, to his church and cry out for, for her warfare and say that her iniquity, her sin has is, is, is been pardoned. And that the Lord you know, has given double for all of her sins. And that there's, there's these paths that are broken and damaged. And we can sometimes see that. And I feel that's something in the UK where many have said the church, something we've heard this year. That the decline of the church or the decline of the number of people coming to church. But yet we're the ones who can speak and say... We're still waiting for the Lord to come. And we speak to those broken places, to those paths and roads. Lord, you make them straight. We believe that you are yet to do greater things here. That you are yet to do. We can pray and, be, and bring glory to your name. 
that you are yet to do wonderful and marvelous things amongst us as people. We can make that a prophetic proclamation. Every valley shall be lifted up. Every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level and the rough places are plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. And all flesh shall see together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Prayer is God's gift to us to do great works for him. Let us pray. Father, we come before you today and we thank you, Lord, for this year, Lord. We thank you for 2022, uh, Lord Father. We thank you for a year where you have done so much through us as a church, community, families, believers, individually and corporately, Lord. We have seen things change in government. We have seen even the death of a monarch, Lord. We have seen, Lord Father, wars and tragedies, and we continue to hear them, Lord. But you have made us your church, Lord, and you have told us to stand in unity. You have spoken to us to speak and proclaim the good news, Lord. Lord, you have told us, Lord Father, to be rooted and grounded in Christ and to come to the fullness and measure of him who's, who's called us, Lord. We thank you, Lord Father, that you've placed us here in right in this time, in this season, in Chelsea, Lord Father, here in Edith Grove, here in Kensington and Chelsea, here in West London, here in the city of London, Lord Father. And we, we want to be that voice that cries out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. He is yet to come. We have celebrated that he has arrived. We celebrate that he was born, but we celebrate and proclaim also that he is yet to come. He will come on the clouds. Every eye will see, every, every, every ear will hear that he has come, and every knee shall bow and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And Father, we lift that up, Lord, that the nations will see it, Lord. But we ask you, Lord, we pray for salvation of our families. We pray for salvation of our neighborhoods. We pray for salvation of our city. We pray for salvation over the United Kingdom. We pray for salvation over, the Euro over Europe. We pray for salvation over the nations, Lord Father. Raise up your church again, Lord. Awaken your people to prayer, Lord Father. Awaken us, Lord, to, to seek you day and night, Lord Father, and to thank you and to praise you and to glorify you, Lord. Father, that our hearts be united to yours, Lord, that we will see the wonders again, Lord Father, that people will say over your church, Lord, the, their God is with them. Great and mighty things are happening in them. Wonders are happening amongst them. Glorious things are happening. People are being healed. People are being restored. People are being set free, Lord. Father, we thank you. But we will hear that from the nation speak in, Lord. We thank you for our neighbors, those in the hospital here in Chelsea, Kensington, and some Lord Father. We thank you for our neighbors in World's End, Lord Father. We thank you, Lord Father, for all the shops and, and businesses that surround us here, Lord. We, we pray for the blessing upon them, Lord. We pray that they do well, Lord Father. We thank you, Lord. We thank you that we are here. And we, we stand, Lord, rooted and grounded in your love, Lord. And we can do all that you've called us to do. Father, today I pray for healing right now also in this room, Lord. I pray for those who have uh, damage to cartilage and bones, Lord. I pray for those who've been affected in, and have ringing in their ear consistently, Lord. I pray for that ringing to go in Jesus' name. I pray for migraines that are consistently affecting that person, Lord. I pray for that person who consistently feels a pain in the back of their neck and in the back of their head, Lord Father. I pray for that to be released in the name of Jesus. I pray for also sicknesses, Lord, for all that cancer to be taken away in Jesus' name. We thank you for medics. We thank you for the medicine, Lord, but we thank you. You are the divine healer as well, Lord. You, you, are, you can see things that we cannot see before the doctors even recognize it. So we thank you, Lord, for healing in those areas. Digestive systems, Lord Father. 
throats and, and every other organ, Lord, we pray right now in the name of Jesus, Lord. I thank you. Father, you bring healing, Lord. You use us as a church to bring healing. Let us praise and thank the Lord in this day. Amen. 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 Amen.